0: On the TV, on the radio, and even social media, everyone has become a debater. Hot heads, hot takes, and lots of hot air are now the norm. But only one can be the master debater. This is Master Debaters from News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
1: I'm Dennis Foley and welcome to Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. This week, our first debater can be heard each Saturday morning on the Saturday morning hangover on ESPN San Antonio. James Pleasure. Hey, James.
2: What's going on, Dennis?
1: Hey, now our next debater is making his debut in Master Debaters and can be heard each day. On Energy 941 here in San Antonio, welcome Cisco. Hey, Cisco. Yes, how you doing? Great to be here. Welcome. And our third debater is also making his master debater's debut, and he can be heard on WRNO in New Orleans. Please welcome James Parker. Hey, James.
3: Hey, thanks. Great to be here.
1: Now, they will all be presenting arguments in an effort to try to win for our judge, who this week is Stephanie from New York. Hello, Stephanie.
4: Hello, how's it going? I don't have a New York accent. Please don't be confused. <laughs> They're
1: all nomads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, her job will be to analyze and critique each response our contestants give to questions that I present throughout the show. Now, along with asking the questions here on the show, I'm also the show's referee. So if I hear something I don't like, you'll hear this whistle. <whistles> now, before we get started, let's give our contestants a chance to get to know the judge a little bit better with a question. We'll start with James Pledger. What do you want to ask our judge to get to know her a little bit better?
4: what's your favorite
2: color sour patch kit
4: oh uh blue hmm
1: okay nice cisco do you have a question to get her uh, get to know her judge a little bit better
5: yeah jets or giants
4: um neither i don't watch football oh
5: a little
4: curveball there
5: (laughs) yeah
1: james parker do you have a Uh,
4: i'm a I'm a Golden Knights fan. That's hockey. Oh, okay.
1: Mm. Okay. James Parker, do you have a question Mm. for our judge, Stephanie?
3: What is the last series you finished on Netflix?
4: Oh, darn. Okay. So not on Netflix. Well, actually, no, I can answer that. Um, I finished something called uh, Louder Milk on Amazon Prime. It's amazing. But no, on Netflix, I just finished Dead to Me. uh, Christina Applegate and Linda Cardellini
0: cool I hear you. Uh,
4: where it's a very it's a very dark comedy i think it more so bends toward more so more drama than anything but christine applegate is amazing um and she's basically my id as a person
1: very cool well let's get the debate started opening
0: arguments on master debaters
1: it is time for opening arguments and in, in this segment i will give each combatant a question that combatant answers the question, and our judge Stephanie will give them a score between zero and ten points. They will have thirty seconds for their argument, and a buzzer will let them know when that time is up. First topic: Do you remember the USFL? Under the dome today, the undefeated New Jersey Generals
0: with a record of three and zero, the Houston Gamblers two and one. Hello again, everybody. I'm Keith
4: Jackson. The very short-lived Spring Football League is coming back next year after four decades. The new United States Football League announcing it will play next spring with a minimum of eight teams, which along with the city's head coaches and schedule won't be announced until later. The USFL will use the same logo it did back in the early 80s, which was red, white and blue with stars and stripes. Stacy Lynn, CBS News.
1: All right, James Pledger, yay or nay, to the return of the USFL Thirty. 30- Second starts now,
2: hey, I mean, this is fantastic because they're doing it unlike the first time when they tried to compete against the NFL. They are now trying to do it in the spring in the off season of the NFL, which would also give it the potential to be a developmental league for the league in which they wouldn't have to pay for their players that they bring into the league, so I think this is a fantastic idea. To be able to bring spring football, because during the pandemic, what we saw with lower leagues, it worked.
1: All right. Stephanie, who said earlier that she does not like football, what score do you give that 0 to 10?
4: Uh, you know, it's a really good point to have like a like a little feeding system. Um, and I always like seeing people at the start of the career, trying. you know, when you have the most the most energy for your dream and life hasn't beaten you down yet. I um, love seeing people that still have that, that sparkle. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.
1: All right, next topic. Amateur investors inspired by a 1,600% surge in game stock share prices in January are at it again. Those traders have set their eyes and their sights on AMC Entertainment.
0: The movie theater chain watched its stock price nearly double yesterday, reaching a market capitalization of more than $28 billion chatter on reddit suggests that the current rally is not over the success of so-called meme stocks those that rise in value not because of the performance of the company but because of hype on social media has made millionaires of some day traders while frustrating long-term investors jim ryan abc news
1: all right cisco Are meme stocks or as the cool kids call them stonks a good thing or a bad thing 30 seconds
5: Listen, I think this is a great thing. I mean, it's given people, you know, everywhere. They can download an app like Robinhood. And be a part of, you know, the the finance and the American dream. They can invest, and it's given people, my son, right, an opportunity to learn uh, and, and to grow uh, and, and to invest in some of these companies. I mean, you're talking AMC, Naked, BlackBerry, all these uh, companies that these big, huge hedge, hedge funds have shorted, uh, given these these kids an opportunity to to have some fun and, and to grow their portfolio. So I think it's a great idea.
1: All right, Stephanie, what'd you think of that argument, zero to ten?
4: Um, so I, I am not someone that comes from money. Um, I'm a very, you know, middle class, grew up very poor individual, so I can't really relate all that much to it. And I I truly think that, you know, capitalism is a scam. Um, so I would say five. I would say five.
1: Okay, next topic, one of the nation's largest banks is doing away with overdraft fees.
5: Ally Financial says it's getting rid of overdraft fees on all of its banking products, becoming the first large U.S. bank to do so. Critics of the practice often cite what they call the $38 cup of coffee, where a customer overdrafts for a $3 drink and ends up paying a $35 fee. In its announcement, Ally cited the impact that overdraft fees have had on minority communities, Ally says overdrafted transactions will now be approved at the bank's discretion, with smaller transactions likely to be approved. Mark Remillard, ABC News. All
1: right, James Parker, uh, overdraft fees, are they a good thing or a bad thing? 30 seconds.
3: Uh, it depends on how high they are. You know, $100 overdraft fee, everyone agrees that's a little ridiculous. A one penny overdraft fee, I think we would all like that better, but the banks would probably like that less. You know, I, hopefully these capitalist pigs will finally get what's coming to them. Isn't that right, Stephanie? But uh, I think this is great publicity, and this is uh, this is going to be great because it will encourage other banks to sort of compete and go go cheaper. And there's no reason it shouldn't be a lot cheaper. They've gotten the the price of stocks kept getting uh, cheaper and cheaper to trade until it's now down to zero. That's where all this Robinhood stuff came from. Why can't overdraft freeze go to zero, too?
1: All right, Stephanie, what score do you give that zero to ten?
4: Few points off for being so obviously catering to the judge. I mean keep a little subtle fellow. You know. I, I understand what you're trying to do here. I, I said it. Um, but on the other hand, that's the first thing that I thought is that yes, they should be at zero because forget the bank, they can go take a long walk off a shore pier. So I say eight points.
1: Okay, well, coming up. Next
4: segment. They've got that college diploma, but how does the class of 2021 feel about the future? I'm Vicki Barker.
1: We'll debate that next on Master Debaters from KTSA.
0: This is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument wins. It
1: is. We have James Pledger, Cisco, and James Parker this week competing to convince our judge Stephanie from New York that their argument is the best argument. And if you want to be a judge on a future edition of Master Debaters, head over to our website, KTSA.com, and sign up. So let's get the debate going.
0: For argument's sake on Master Debaters.
1: Yes, in this segment, things will start getting a little more interested. I'm gonna give uh, all three contestants the same question, and then they will each take a turn presenting their argument on that topic. After they each take their 30 seconds to respond, our judge will give each of them anywhere from 0 to 10 points for their responses. The first topic, opinions about the CDC, have varied over the past year.
4: A new survey by Invisibly weighs how public sentiment of the CDC has changed over the pandemic. 39% of respondents said in April the agency is completely trustworthy compared to 29% in July 2020. 33% said in April the agency is completely untrustworthy, compared to 23% last July. 18- to 24-year-olds were most likely to trust CDC guidelines. 50% of women trust the CDC, compared to 38% of men. Wendy Gillette, CBS News.
1: James Pledger, do you trust the CDC? 30 seconds
2: as much as you can trust something i'm not going to give anything 100 certainty when it relates to my trustworthiness unless they earn it but i do believe as long as you research what the information that's being put out and that information matches up with what you're getting and researching then you have no reason not to trust them to the extent of like the vaccine if you tell me that this is going to help and the research that i did also backs that up then yes i trust you
1: cdc do you trust them cisco 30 seconds
5: you know i I do trust them and uh, you know i believe these You know, they're all scientists. I don't think they're out there to to harm us. Uh, I think, you know, the whole political landscape has has given people second thoughts about the CDC. Uh, The coronavirus was something new, right? They were learning as we go. We've all learned things. They've learned things, these scientists, as as we've gone through this uh, pandemic. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, I agree with what James said. You know, do your own research. Make your own uh, assessment on it. But uh, I I do trust them. they're scientists, and they've they done a pretty good job.
1: James Parker, do you trust the CDC? 30 seconds.
3: Generally speaking, no. But as you go further down the ranks, I find the people who are more trustworthy, whether it's at a, a company, a corporation, the military, whatever. If you talk to the soldiers on the front line, you'll get the straight story. But the higher you go up in the hierarchy, the more political it gets. So, the, like, the people that are the bosses, I consider them in the same class as politicians. The scientists that are actually wearing the coats and seeing patients Yes, I do trust them, but I don't want to say I trust all the CDC just implicitly. That's a negative.
1: All right, Stephanie, do you trust those answers? What score do you bring out to each of them, 0 to 10?
4: Um, so, you know, I believe it was Jonathan Swift that said, when a true genius appears, you can know him by this side, that all the dunces in the Confederacy are against him which I feel all three contestants pretty much said um, some a little more paranoid than others, and I think James number one um, put that very eloquently. Kind of said, well, you know, you can you can trust some people, not all of them. So, I'm going to say seven. the a strong seven, though.
1: Okay, and Cisco and James uh, Parker, which words you want to give them?
4: say uh So, I love Cisco's point that They're also learning, because they're also people just like us. Um, I'm going to give you a nine.
1: And then James Parker?
4: I like the trust of other people. Um, He concerns me a little bit. Um, He got a little... (laughs) It sounded like he was a little paranoid toward the end there. I wanted to give him a hug. Like, are you okay? Are you in a bunker with, like, a, you know, telescope out, making sure no one gets to your farm? Like, you just found... I, I'm a little nervous for you. Like, I hope you're all right over there. Um, so I'm going to give you a soft tip. Okay. I'm
1: worried. Next topic. The U.S. Supreme Court sided with a former police officer Thursday in rejecting a broad view of Computer fraud. If you've ever sent a personal email or
0: shopped online or browsed social media on a work computer, the Supreme Court ruling signals you've done nothing wrong. A 6 3 opinion authored by Justice Barrett said it's not a crime to simply exceed authorized access on a computer. The decision is a victory for a former Georgia police sergeant who ran a plate for a friend. He was charged with a crime, but the Supreme Court said Nathan Van Buren had legitimate access to the computer and to the license plate database, even if he obtained the information for an improper purpose. Aaron Katursky, ABC News, New York.
1: All right, Cisco, do you agree with this decision? 30 seconds.
5: Oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, I don't agree with that decision i mean you know helping your buddy listen when you when you're a police officer and you know somebody you have to have responsibility and and you know too many people take advantage of the system uh which i think is a bunch of bs so uh i disagree with the decision you know um i i guess i see the point of using the computer but maybe it's just more of the the situation i disagree with so i disagree
1: James Parker, do you agree? 30 seconds.
3: No, I don't think uh, police should be sharing out your your plate data because, you know, running your plate shows some stuff that I guess is not available to the public. You know, if you can't just go look it up online, you got to go get your cop friend to look it up. That tells me enough already. Whatever that information shared that wasn't supposed to be available to the public was made to the public. And it shouldn't have been. Yeah, I think they got it wrong. I don't think the cops should be handing out the data, even if their friend did it with good intent. or Even if it was like, hey, he dropped his wallet. I just want to find out where he lives. It's like, well, if you can't figure it out without going the back door through a cop, then you you don't need to know.
1: And James uh, Pledger, what do you think? 30 seconds.
2: You know, I'm not totally against it unless it was for malice or ill intent because like you said, if you dropped it and trying to track a dude down or, you know, trying to find the appraisal of something, those are different things. But if you're like trying to find out like some felonies that this guy might be convicted of to possibly use against him in a court racket. So circumstance dictates whether it's completely horrible or completely innocent. So I think the intent Matters more than the action.
1: All right, Stephanie, points zero to ten for each of our debaters.
4: Yes, James, number one. I like where you're going with this. Your basic, you know, uh, umbrella stance is don't trust the system, which I fully totally 100% agree with because the system is made up of people and people are fallible and can be very, very scary. I'm giving them a nine.
1: All right, and for Cisco and James Pledger.
4: Yes, Cisco. Again, same thing. I like where you're going with it. <laughs> Don't trust the system and that people can be overreaching. Um, I feel like there should have been a little bit more passion in there. I think you caught it within you. I know that hate is in there. Everyone's got that healthy hate in there. I'm going to give you a seven.
1: And for James Pledger.
4: Uh, I, I love you. I love you, James. But again, I'm really concerned for you. Um, you seem to have this idea that having faith in people's egos is the way to go. And I tend to lean a little bit more cautious because people want to be jerks they're going to be jerks that's their intention um i'm going to give you a strong five
1: okay next topic they've got that college diploma but How does the class of 2021 feel about their professional prospects? They
4: spent their final university year in lockdown, deprived of those all-important internships. Yet more than 70% of the graduates polled by bestcolleges.com are optimistic about their future. We've conducted several surveys this year of this group in different contexts, and this optimism and this hopefulness kind of keeps bubbling to the surface. Co-author Melissa Venable says these young people had to learn flexibility and adaptability to cope through the pandemic, and that's left them confident of facing the future vicki barker cbs news
1: so james parker should the class of 2021 be feeling positive about their professional prospects 30 seconds
3: yes absolutely they should first of all they didn't have to like they probably haven't even heard a dial tone these kids are so young and when we talk about did, is this generation doing better than the last they're already doing better than we were So they're they're still advancing as far as comfort and luxury and opportunity. The the world that's falling down around them is mostly just a bunch of people getting really excited about things that are important, but still your life is going to be really awesome. You're a college graduate in 2021. James Pledge.
1: Pledger, 30 seconds. I
2: I am the optimist, and for me, I think they should absolutely be optimistic about their future because they did learn a lot. We all had to learn a lot through COVID in terms of changing things around and the way we do things and coming out of our comfort zone and a lot of us had to learn from a younger generation on the adaptability of doing things digitally or socially or uh, through social media and just changing the way that we do things and they're very good about that plus during the pandemic there was a lot of turnover at jobs so there's a lot of openings for them they should feel great about going into this job force cisco
1: 30 seconds
5: well listen, it's optimistic that they're optimistic. I mean that makes me feel good that the hands of uh, our country and and everything that's been going on with with all the chaos that they have all this optimism coming out of college and what they're going to do. Uh so so listen, that 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 should all make us all feel great uh that they're jacked up and 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 ready to take on the world. Uh, and I agree. There, there's going to be a lot of great opportunities for them, uh, and that positivity can only help bring more positivity and, and bring the country uh, more together. So uh, I think that's totally great that they're optimistic and, and they have the right to be.
1: All right, Stephanie, uh, what scores you giving everyone? Start with James Parker, zero to ten.
4: Yes. Um, so it does seem like the gen, uh, the next generation after us. I'm assuming we're either Gen X or Millennial. Uh, the Gen Z will be doing. Uh, much better, which I agree with because uh they're not gonna have a thousand articles about how we don't buy diamonds because of avocado toast or whatever the techs are saying now. Um <laughs> I'm gonna give you a seven.
1: Thank yes. you. James Pledger, which screw you wanna give him zero to ten.
4: Um, I, I like where you're going. Like I, I, I optimism is is always, always great, um, in the right situation. But I, I, I don't think anybody should be that optimistic about going into into the job force because i had an office job and there was no excitement or optimism when i go into a cubicle um i'd say six
1: (laughs) and for cisco what score zero to ten uh
4: for cisco i like the idea i like using the, the term jacked up that made me giggle like they're jacked up mentally and emotionally um which is very different than the generations before them um i remember i went into college and out of college not with optimism um with like great anxiety um (laughs) so i i'm gonna say eight
1: okay next topic minor league pitchers getting punished for doctoring baseballs but should major league baseball be focusing more attention on major league pitchers four minor league pitchers suspended 10 games after they were caught doctoring their baseballs with foreign substances like sunscreen and rosin that follows the suspension of three more pitchers the week before but the problem of juiced balls is one that many say is a major league problem, too. Six no-hitters already this season, and the two hundred thirty-six batting average through May 31st, the lowest since 1968. But even with more scrutiny, suspensions in the majors are subject to bargaining with the players' union. The use of foreign substances by pitchers expected to be on the agenda at an owner's meeting today. Dave Packer, ABC News. All right, James Pledger. Do you think juiced balls are a problem? And if so, how should that be resolved? 30 seconds.
2: They are absolutely a problem. While home runs may be at an all-time high in Major League Baseball, runs, ERA, hits like these are all at all time lows in major league baseball because of what these pitchers are able to do to the baseball to give them more control over it and therefore manipulate the strike zone even better as a matter of fact major league baseball umpires as a story today on espn they are about to start cracking down on these substances here in the games as we're starting to hear more and more players vocalize their dispassion for it
1: cisco juiced balls are they a problem and how do you solve it 30 seconds
5: Boost balls, steroids, you know, uh speaking to each other's dugouts. The whole league is a problem. You know, I used to be a huge baseball fan when I was a kid, but after all these controversies, that that's the only thing you ever hear about baseball now is there's this controversy, this problem. They're all a bunch of cheaters. So I think the whole league, baseball from majors to minors, they need to revamp it all, get the cheaters out of there. Uh, you know, it's just, a it's chaos. It's, it seems like cheating, juiced balls, steroids. They're all juiced up. Uh, I'm done. Baseball over. I'm out.
1: James Parker, juiced balls. Are they a problem? And how it should be solved? 30 seconds.
3: Juiced balls are a problem because anytime you insert cheating into something, it really takes the fun out of it. And you know who really loses? Not me. I don't watch baseball one second of my life. But, you know, there's fans out there and there's a lot of kids who idolize these guys. And really, this is what they need to see is this guy that they held up on a pedestal is what spitting on balls or putting pine tar or doing something goofy to a ball. You know, it's just the whole aspect of cheating. It's, it's just culturally ugly. It's what your grandma said was ugly. That's all it is. And it, it, it's bad for baseball.
1: All right, Stephanie, were you juiced up over those arguments? Uh, <laughs> zero to ten. Let's start with uh, James Pledger. What score when you give him zero to ten?
4: Yeah, so I appreciate all of the detail because I also don't really watch a lot of baseball. Um, I cheered for the Kansas City Royals one year that they won uh, the World Series. They um, mm-hmm. so know very little of it, so I was so thrilled with hearing about the other aspects of it where you're saying it manipulates the entire game um, because all of these other run-ins and whatever, you know, albatrosses, other things in baseball besides home runs, uh, is ruined and manipulated because of the because of the balls. Uh, so, uh, you know what? It's ten.
1: Okay. And wow for Cisco 0 to 10.
4: Yes. Um th- this time I felt gi- I felt bad for James uh P number 2 last time. I feel bad for Cisco now. He seems very so mad at baseball. I was hearing someone's dream die like live. I feel so awful. You just hate the whole league. Um I'm going to give you a 6. I just feel bad for you. I'm sorry everything hurts.
1: <laughs> and for James <laughs> Parker 0 to 10.
4: Uh, uh, for James, James T number one, um, I, you know what? Your grandma sounds awesome and I want to hear more stories from her. I'm going to give you a six.
1: Okay. Next topic. (laughs) It's back to the future for airline travel. The U.S. airline says it plans to add supersonic flights. You can fly the future. In 1976, British Airways touted the future of travel was then. Supersonic flights between London and New York. The Concorde eventually got old, too costly and unreliable. Now, 44 years later... United announcing it will buy 15 supersonic jets from a startup company called Boom that's still developing the planes. It would be the first U.S. airline to go supersonic. Flight times would be cut in half, New York to Frankfurt in four hours, San Francisco to Tokyo in six hours. Alex Stone, ABC News. Now don't get your hopes up. Uh, United says it hopes to carry passenger supersonic by 2029. So Cisco, is this a good back to the future idea or is it an idea that's past its time 30 seconds?
5: I saw this news story tonight and listen, I think it's a great idea, but if you ain't balling like Drake and have money coming out your ears, how are you gonna afford it? Five to $7,000 to go from uh, you know Seattle to Tokyo in four hours? The average American, the average people, they're not going to be able to afford this. I think it is great for business travel and, you know, celebrities and, and, you know, the Gronkowskis of the world that want to have a rave on a flight to to London to go party uh, for a night. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's great. But realistically, who's really going to fly it?
1: James Parker, 30 seconds.
3: I think it's a great idea any advance in technology and the ability from humans to go from point A to point B is is a plus even though I'll probably never be able to afford it. It's just disappointing that it's it's going to be what in 2029 and I really thought that we'd have the little Jetsons flying cars by now or at least a flying taxi. I you know I was hoping maybe the advanced technology of this year would be like teleporters like from Star Trek or something. I just feel like we're way behind on this transportation thing this is an idea from the 70s that we're just rehashing so it's hard for me to be too impressed
1: and james pledger 30 seconds
2: i love the idea i mean supersonic flight What's the old adage time is money if you could get there in half the time you're saving the company money and being able to get to work faster but boo on the name i don't want to get on a jet called boom like, that's, that's just not good marketing for a name of something that you're going up into the sky in. I, I would never get on something in a car that was, like, imminent wreck. It's not a good idea. But I understand the option, and in terms of James Parker, I mean, yeah, we don't have teleporters yet. It's okay, but we're advancing.
1: All right, so Stephanie, what scores do you want to give? Zero to ten. Start with Cisco.
4: Um, so I I am okay with the advancement in, in technology arguments, um, but it has gone way too far. Um, I always think just because we can doesn't mean we should. Um, and but I do agree with you because I remember watching The Jetsons, and and I I want a Rosie. That's 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 what I want. I mean we were told <laughs> we were gonna have flying cars by the year 2000, and we've got you know my pillows or whatever the heck it's called. Um, I'm gonna say six.
1: Uh, for James Parker, what score you want to give him zero to 10?
4: Um, I, I agree that it is very expensive and probably will only be for, for the elite. Um, the ones that are, you know, making the rest of our lives horrible by being so rich. Um, but there is also a way that a kid become, you know, someone will find a way to mass market it and lower the price for everybody. So I think it'll start for the rich, but then it will be for all. And then I can finally go to England. I would say six as well.
1: And for James Pledger, zero to ten.
4: Um, I I love hearing your tight first five minutes of stand-up. It was my favorite thing ever because you're correct. Please don't name an airplane boom, and please don't name a car imminent wreck. Like, you need to take up like, a third one because there is a rule of thirties in comedy. And, like, you do one, you do the other, you you do a last one, maybe you have to be comfortable. We'll talk. We'll talk later. I'll coach you through it. Um,
2: I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: okay next topic attention interns a new opportunity could bring your expectations to an all new high.
5: Forget about filing papers and answering phone calls. A Los Angeles-based marijuana delivery service is looking for an intern to test out its hundreds of different products. MJ Cannabis Delivery tells USA Today the position will help them better understand what the experience is like for its customers. The job pays $15 an hour for up to 16 hours a week. Applicants must be 21 years old, live in California and complete a written essay or video explaining why they're the perfect candidate. Lisa Mateo, CBS News.
1: All right, we're starting. James Parker, is this a worthwhile internship for a cannabis candidate? 30 seconds.
3: Well, if you're into weed, this is your dream job, isn't it? This is like the episode of Cheers where Norm got the job as a beer taster. I, I have uh, a, a quite a few friends who would sign up for this job immediately, but $15 an hour for 16 hours a week, that's not enough to like build a career on or something. So you would still have to have something going on on the side. So, what are you doing on the side? You can't be like an Uber driver and the weed tester at the same time. It would kind of hamper your other job, too. So, I don't, I don't, I don't know if this is really such a great career choice, but it sounds fun.
1: James Pledger, 30 seconds.
2: Hours aren't great. And especially while you're testing it, uh, like the effects after the fact, are you getting paid for like the entire high to judge it or? because that limits the amount of time you're able to do a different job. So maybe as a part-time gig, great, but I don't know if a is a full-time weed connoisseur. I don't know how that looks on company letterhead when you're trying to pump out a resume. Although I would love to see some of those videos that people send in to explain why they are the perfect candidate.
1: And Cisco, 30 seconds.
5: Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, listen, my son's in the uh, in the marijuana business up in Oklahoma. Medical marijuana is legal there. He's a bud tender. Uh, he would be a great candidate. Uh, he knows everything there is to know about indicas and sativas and the blues and the purples. The, the one thing though, I think is really important with this internship is they also got to provide them with food because man, you're going to have a mean case of the munchies. <laughs> so you, you want pizza and tacos and, and, you know, late night trips to, to waffle house included. So uh, I'd make sure that would be a part of the deal.
1: All right, Stephanie, what scores you giving out zero to 10, starting with James Parker.
4: Um, I, I love the cheers reference. I've never seen it, but much respect to you. Um, and I agree. This does sound like a dream job even if even if it's a part time. Um, because my first side job when I was seventeen, I was a telemarketer. Um, I called several people who were dead, but they were on our list. I would have rather been high and, and you know, watching The Simpsons and getting paid for it. Um I, I will give you a seven.
1: For James Pledger, what score you want to give zero to ten?
4: Um, I I, I get a little concerned about your worry for the employer. Um, how is this going to look on company letterhead? Uh, we, who cares? You know, I think if you're, if you show up at your job and especially if you have a job testing lead and you show up on time, that's an amazing worker to me. Um, I would say five.
1: And for Cisco, zero to 10.
4: Um, I did have a question because for me, when you said that your son was a bud tender, is that a pun of bartender? Because if it is, that's amazing. And I will continue to use that. Um, but I love your enthusiasm for it. I think that a perk of free food is something that should be at every single job um, because every job is full of and they should have given us free food to kind of even it out. I'm going to give you a name.
1: Hey, well, coming up. Is master our debaters have things that they want PTSA to talk about. And what that is and one. what their fellow debaters think about and it. Joining us this week, we have James and pledgers, Cisco, and James Parker, who are all trying to coerce or judge Stephanie get them more points than their fellow competitors. Let's keep this debate going.
0: State your case on Master Debaters.
1: So our debaters before the show came in with a topic they wanted to talk about and present to the judge. They will get 60 seconds to do so. During those 60 seconds, if the other combatants wish to challenge, they will get 30 seconds each after the case is done being presented to present their own argument. After those challenges, the original presenter will get to rebut their challengers with 30 seconds of their own. If they change their topic from what they had sent in originally, they get an automatic five-point penalty. Sometimes it's a strategy worth taking. That's up to them. There are also more points at stake. Our judge can now give up to 20 points at the end of each topic or take away up to 20 points from everyone, whether they gave the original argument, challenge, or chose to stay quiet. So, after a... uh, tiebreaker thing we did during the commercial break. James Parker is going to go first with his 60-second argument, which starts now.
3: All right, My argument is for this UFO report that's supposed to come out, and somehow in the stimulus package last year, the government demanded that uh, the the, the Pentagon turn over everything it knows about UFOs, and it's supposed to be doing that. And in the lead-up to it, they keep talking about all these different uh sightings 60 minutes did a report last month on it and i'm really starting to believe in ufos and i feel like an absolute crazy person because i've I'm, I'm come from the world of radio where the people who talk about ufos also talk about bigfoot and vampires and i've always thought these people have been like idiots and it's just these fat bored people who don't have anything better to do and, and like am i one of them now because i'm starting to believe in ufos and not like you know the guy had some nutella on the camera lens that was smudged there and they thought it was uh uh, a flying object turned out there's an explanation for it. No, I mean like literal aliens. I'm 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 really embarrassed about it. I'm reluctant about it. I don't like to tell my friends about it, but I'm I'm starting to believe in aliens.
1: Well, we had no challengers. So uh, Stephanie, what scores you want to give everyone on uh, that argument or lack of argument? I and mean, we'll start with James Parker, who delivered that yeah. argument. Uh, negative twenty to twenty
4: um i am also shocked there's so many conspiracy theorists on radio apparently it's full of them like i want to hear do people think vampires actually exist i want to like sit and have lunch with them um but um, I, I i'm glad to welcome you to our side where uh ufos exist because i always thought they did i think it's very egotistical to think that we're the only living beings that could exist in these vast thousands millions of miles of space um So I'm glad you're back on the, on the the correct side. You're not, you're not crazy. You're not crazy. I'm giving you 11.
1: And for uh, Cisco and James Pledger, who did not have any argument at all. Do you want to give them points, take away points, leave them even, what do you want to do with them?
4: Uh, well, you know what? I don't appreciate no response. I mean, are you guys just scared that if you say anything good or bad, like you're going to be attacked by the aliens, like they're listening, you know, like, um, uh, it's, it's okay. Um, I ag- I
5: agreed one. with them. I think I think it is kind of crazy.
4: <laughs> I'm going to give each of them
1: one. One point. Keep
4: it positive.
1: All right, uh Cisco, your 62nd argument starts now.
5: All right, here's the deal. Everybody's investing, you know, they're spending all this money on these big beautiful high definition 4K televisions. And what are they using for sound? A little piddly sound bar for $99. All right, if you want the true home theater experience at home, you got to invest in a home theater, right? That's the receiver. That's, uh, you know, uh, five speakers or up to seven speakers and a subwoofer. Uh, I just don't understand. The, it's all this focus on the the television. Oh, I've got a home theater. And then they have this piddly little sound bar that projects audio that you I mean you get better sound out of your AirPods. so uh to me it's uh, sound bar is a weak attempt at providing surround sound for a home theater experience if you really want a true home theater at home uh you've got to do the investment it's not going to cost you more than the 500 bucks to get a nice uh you know home theater uh, with a receiver and, and and surround sound speaker. So quit buying the sound bars, go in heavy, and be a baller at home. James Pledger, 30 second
1: challenge.
2: Thanks for the heads up, Mr. Moneybags. But sometimes I may not be able to afford an entire home theater in front of my 4K luscious TV. And maybe I just want a little extra boost in my sound. The sound bar is going to handle that for me. I don't need the full on rumble shaking you know deep subs posted around my entire complex to give me an in-home theater like i'm just trying to watch criminal minds a little bit better than i was watching it i don't need the full-on venture
1: james parker 30 second challenge
3: yeah, I'm just not into it that much. I got a pretty big TV that sounds honest. Okay. If you just want to add a subwoofer to that, that's fine. But you don't have to be drilling holes in the corner of all your ceilings and hanging stuff up or running wires. Uh- You know, I'm just not that in. it's not that much different to me. Okay. soundbar, that'll that'll do fine. And you know what? Most of the time, if you get a decent TV, the sound that comes with that's fine. It's, It's almost like those guys that jack up your truck. It's like, are you compensating for something? I mean, what are we watching? Jurassic Park in here? I'm just watching some goofy dialogue on a Netflix show. I don't I don't need all that. Cisco, your
1: 30 second rebuttal
5: absolutely i'm compensating for something i mean really that is the 100 percent truth and uh no listen you don't have to be a, a billionaire to have a nice home theater you, you got to do some research you know spend some time shop around like you would a you know a refrigerator or a washer and dryer and, and do your research right we Heck, we spend more money on our iPhones and what's in our pocket than 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 we do in the, the, the luxury of, of you know the home theater experience. So uh you just spend some time researching. I I really think you'll 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 like the investment.
1: All right, Stephanie, what scores you want to give everyone? Negative twenty to twenty. Let's start with Cisco with the original argument.
4: Yes. Um so I was uh, my first thought is do you have stock in Best Buy? Like it just seems like this is an entire ad for for sound equipment, um, that I know nothing about. Like I, you know, I have pop figures, I have Funko pop figures to spend my money on. Like I'm, I, 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 it, it, it really reminded me though of Dennis Miller. Like I really wanted you to start to say, I don't want to get off on a rant here, but if you notice these sound systems, you know, a little bit Andy Rooney. Um, you know, I'm gonna take away five.
1: Okay, uh, James Pledger, who had the first challenge. Uh, what score you want to give negative 20 to 20?
4: 20. Um, so I appreciate so, so much him calling out um, Cisco's male privilege because uh, is compensating for something. I appreciate that. All men should. Um, just take some time out of your day, look in the mirror, and remind yourself that you're inferior. That's that's fine. Um, I'm <laughs> going to give him five.
1: And for James Parker with the second challenge, negative 20 to 20.
4: Um, I love this challenge of just complete nihilistic attitude. I don't care about sound. Who cares? It looks great. That's all I care about. I just picture you with a beer in your hand like Archie Bunker. I don't care. You know, get, get out of here, meatheads. Like, leave my sound system alone. I love it. I'll also give you five.
1: Okay, and uh, James Pledger, your 60-second argument starts now.
2: Alright, so there's this report about a drone that goes off on its own and accidentally kills somebody and this is what i've been worried about forever I'm, i don't like to be conspiracy guy i like to be pretty optimistic but skynet is real and it's gonna come online i don't know why we keep trying to give things artificial intelligence intelligence to go do things because It never works. I've seen it a million times in the movies, not work. What was it about three, four years ago, Facebook had these AIs that within less than a day created their own language and started plotting against us. I don't need this in my life. That's the one thing that can be a major buzzkill to anything that I do. I would prefer that we quit trying to invent and evolve past ourselves. we're going to invent something that's going to replace us if we're not careful, and I don't want to be replaced yet.
1: All right, Cisco, thirty second challenge.
5: Change your name from James Pledger to James Prepper. I mean, do you have a bunch of MRE stacked up at your apartment, ready for the uh, you know the the zombies to come out, the apocalypse? Somebody totally had control over this drone. They the you know the government wanted to you know assassinate somebody and they were flying it around probably controlling it with their iPhone uh and blasted them so uh no i they they're not learning themselves i think you're paranoid you're a prepper uh do you have alex jones on speed dial or something you know i, I don't know what the deal is there
1: james parker 32nd challenge
3: uh, i for one welcome our new robot overlords i think it's absolutely inevitable it's just a matter of time now i don't think it'll actually happen in our lifetime and there's going to be the interesting middle ground that's sort of the flash forward from the Terminator series where we actually are going to make drones that shoot down the drones that are trying to kill us. And so there will be like sort of a golden age of robot human cooperation that will eventually devolve. But that's a long way out. And you're crazy to worry about it now. Yeah, and that was it. That, I think I nailed it.
1: <laughs> James Pledger, 30 second cha- uh, rebuttal.
2: I may be a little bit worried about it, maybe more than I should be, and it should be far off, but we keep evolving at such a pace to where – 10, 15 years ago, I didn't think I was going to be carrying around a fully functioning computer in my pocket either, which is why I spend more on this Cisco than I do on the sound quality in my room because I use it more. It's more useful. And so, I, yeah, I'm terrified because have you ever had the thought of like, oh, I should really look at this and all of a sudden you see an ad it. yes computers are getting smarter and they're gonna overthrow us
1: all right stephanie scores negative 20 to 20 we'll start with james pledger with the original argument that uh we should all run in fear of drones
4: yes no i i absolutely agree again just because we can doesn't mean we should um the, if there's so many things on black mirror that are becoming real they're actually real. You can look them up. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore. This, this, they're judging people, giving them social scores like in other countries. It's really, really scary. I didn't know the Facebook thing either, and that worries me, so thank you. I thought I was going to have a full night's sleep. I'm not going to now. That's that's, that's great. Um, I'm I'm going to give you a 12.
1: And for Cisco, who had the first challenge?
4: Uh, it really concerns me. Just you know they probably controlled it. It was fine. You're the first human that the robots take as 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 to control. Like you're going to be the first robot pet because you're like, I'm sure it's for the best. I mean, I trust them, of course. Um, I'm gonna have to, I'm I'm gonna have to take away the five they gave you. Sorry.
1: <laughs> and for James Parker uh, with the second challenge, negative twenty to twenty.
4: Yes, yeah, so I appreciate the Simpsons reference. I see you um and i i absolutely agree there's gonna like you said you know i'm paraphrasing there's gonna be a giant robot war and we're gonna stand on the sidelines and place bets on it and i've been saying i think that we're you know there's gonna be human robot android hybrids but i think yeah you're right we don't have to worry about it that's gonna happen in like another thousand years so we can watch from heaven and and be scared then um i'm gonna give you a, a strong eight
1: okay well coming up who's gonna win all comes down to one final fight. This is Master Debaters from KTSA.
0: From 550 KTSA and FM 1071, this is Master Debaters, the show where the best argument
1: wins. That argument, it ends right here. It ends right now. It's a battle this week between James Pledger. Cisco and James Parker to convince her judge Stephanie from New York that their argument is the best argument But now it comes down to one final fight
0: Closing arguments on master debaters.
1: This is where it all gets decided in a four-minute melee I present a topic and our three contestants will hash it out amongst themselves for a whole four minutes no more no less Four minutes. At the sound of the final buzzer, our judge will give each combatant up to 100 points or can take away up to 100 points. The person with the fewest points will get a 15 second head start that everyone else can join in after a bell has rung. So right now, the contestant with the fewest points, you guys want to guess who that contestant is? Is it me?
5: Who is me? No, it's it's Cisco. It's Cisco, Uh yes, yeah.
1: (laughs) So uh, the topic. What day is the best day of the week? Cisco, you get a 15-second head start. The four minutes starts now.
5: Uh, I would have to say Saturday. I mean, if you work a normal Monday through Friday, you know, Saturday's that first day of the weekend, and you can kind of just relax. You don't have to rush to get up and get ready. You have that, you know, cup of coffee, spend time with your family, cook a nice big breakfast. Saturday, totally.
3: Yeah, I think Saturday's the an easy answer, but, but um Saturday is more focused on Saturday night. You could probably make a better case for Sunday because the whole day is relaxed. Saturday is one of the days where you do your chores. You got to mow the lawn, you got to clean out the gutters, or you got to clean the bathroom or catch up on your laundry or just do the stuff you didn't really have time to do during the week because you were so busy working. So I really think Sunday has a little extra holiness around it for anyone who is religiously inclined. Or it also has the uh, the added benefit of there's football that happens on Sunday. There's also a lot of specific holidays that happen on Sunday, you know, like Mother's Day and Father's Day. So I think actually Sunday should probably be in the number one slot, although I understand the case you made for Saturday. I'm still putting Sunday above that. Just, just, just by a hair, though. Yeah, but Sunday
5: still, I mean, y- you have to like wake up the next day. So, you know, by Sunday afternoon, you're already thinking about all the crap you got to do Monday at work. And you're like, oh, I got that meeting or I got to have this report done and so on and so forth. So you have that kind of anxiety and dread that 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 you have a Monday that comes on Sunday. I agree. Sundays can be fun. You can cook out, have time with the family. But uh Saturdays by far, man, it's your kind of one day that you just don't have to think about work and you're away from work and you you could know, plan the saturday night and and it's just it's it's the best no,
3: day no, of the week Here's the go one See, word for you. Brunch, thing, no. brunch no one does a saturday brunch it's a sunday brunch and if you're going to be all stressed out on sunday because you're worried about starting the next the the work week on monday screw that you're going to start with some mimosas or bellinis or you can just you can day drink you can get a little hammered during the football game that's that's the the joy of sunday
2: but here's the great thing about a day that neither one of y'all mentioned and I get it it's the last day of the work week it's Friday it's the day everybody looks forward to in their work week because it's the last day of said work week then the great news is you get Saturday off and Sunday off to look forward to plus Sunday since you have to wake up for church since some people are like that as you mentioned well you don't got to do that on Saturday morning so you can go out Friday Tie it on, have fun, and have Saturday morning to yourself to sleep in, kind of recuperate, and then maybe start to do some things around the house. Saturday, if you do things during the day, like Saturdays are so insanely busy because everybody's already off work, nobody and nobody's home, and they're all out doing things. So yeah, Friday is a little bit better of a night to actually just get out, do things, and then be looking forward to actually sleeping in the next day Saturday.
5: Saturday Night Live, you got, uh, you know, Saturday night's all right for fighting. So, I mean, it's it's all there. Saturday is the best day of the week by far. Uh, I mean, you, you got time to go down to the beach, take a trip, and then you drive back on Sunday and get ready for the, the, the work week on the next, you know. So, Saturday all around by far, and I think if you take a, a, a poll of the American people, you'll get Saturday. You will get there, it Saturday.
3: Is, is there any holidays that are specifically on a Saturday? Because I can think of a few holidays that are specifically on a Sunday here and there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just What's because... the, the one the,
2: thing th- you look forward to, though? A three-day weekend with a holiday falling on a Friday.
3: No, uh, pleasure. That's a manufacturer argument. The Friday thing, you, we just took the two best days, and you were stuck with the third option. We understand. You're trying to, like, differentiate yourself. But a day you actually have to go to work is a non-starter for best day of the week. Um, I would agree. Sunday here's the thing there's a bunch of people that
2: don't go to work all the time they're unemployed i'm just glad to have a job still
1: so uh just to recap or to kind of flesh out these arguments a little bit more cisco you missed a point regarding saturday why saturday is great and it's great because master debaters airs on ktsa saturdays that's probably the best argument. yes you should lose Uh, points for not uh, mentioning that
5: uh so I did I forgot about the shameless plug. I'm
1: ah, so sorry. Man, I I'm in the shilling Netflix business pick. and uh I thought we were all on board with the whole shilling thing, but I guess not. So Stephanie, <laughs> what <laughs> scores are you giving everyone? Negative one hundred to a hundred. Let's start with Cisco. He's the one who argued that Saturday is the best day of the week. Do you agree?
4: Yes. No, I a hundred percent agree. Because you don't have the Sunday fairies happening. You can wake up as late. Uh, as you want or stay up as late as you want and and I appreciate I appreciate the mentioning of SNO. um but it also if you don't want to see Elon Musk be weird and awkward you could just not watch it cuz it comes on so late at night you could just go to bed early and enjoy like a bath or something and I love the I love the tossing of the patriotism in there if we told the american people they will tell you like you're like you're going to run for office just based on like saturday is the best day um let's go high here i'll start it off i'll give you uh i'll give you a 60
1: okay uh let's go to james parker he argued that sunday is the best day of the week what score you'd give that oh. negative 100 to 100
4: oh i know i also by the way love this is the lowest stake question ever <laughs> like this is relaxing this is a good way to end it's not about <laughs> a robot's gonna kill you it's not about having no jobs <laughs> and the capitalism. It's like, what's the best day? It's great. It's an awesome way to end. Just relaxes. Um, but I don't agree. Sunday, Sunday's awful. Sunday's where all the anxieties come in that was fed into us as little kids because we always hated going to school on Monday. It's been ingrained in us. It's in our DNA. Our our children's children's children will still have the Sunday scaries, um, even if they go to, like, Montessori schools. They're going to still have that ingrained. And you mentioned holidays. sunday's not relaxing sunday sounds exhausting all of the holidays i gotta get gifts for and remember i don't have a dad on a sunday like no that's exhausting i'm 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 taking away plenty points from you
1: and uh james pledger who argued that friday is the best day of the week negative 100 to 100 what score are you giving that
4: yes well i i thought that too i thought well it's got to be friday right because i have an odd work schedule too Um, I work from home, so it doesn't really. I don't have to run the rat race and go to a building and then wait until it hits five o'clock and then immediately start drinking. Um, However, we do have to acknowledge that people don't have that privilege. Friday for them is cut in half. You have to get up early, you have to put on an uncomfortable tie, you have to pretend to care about what your coworkers say. Like that's exhausting. I like the potential though. You 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 put emphasis.
1: Weekend—that's what Friday gives you. Um, so I—I'm going to—I'm going to give you twenty. Okay. Let's do some math here. Also, uh, I, I, I i guess it uh, fits in with the whole optimism thing that you know, Ledger talks about, looking forward to a weekend and Friday's a good day to do that. I guess. Well, let's Doing let's do some math here to figure out after a very lengthy, heated discussion. Very heated, very, you know, much much yell, very loud. Um, I'm pretty hot,
3: yeah, it's, it's really heated. Over <laughs> here.
1: Yes, uh, very difficult discussions we're having today. It's time to name this week's master debater. So in third place, with 53 points, James Parker. In second place, with eighty four points James Pledger, which means this week's master debater with 100 points Cisco you get to celebrate with sixty seconds so you can say whatever you want and that starts right now
5: well thank you so much uh, for to KTSA and, and all of our contestants uh, it's it's a, it's a privilege to be a master debater um, you know I've, I've worked really hard at that you know that's why i got in this business um you know to really craft craft that that skill but uh no i just i want to give a shout out to our judge you know it seems like we're yeah we may not necessarily agree on on our home theater setup but we do agree that saturday is the best day uh, of the week you can wake up with a smile you can go to bed with a smile uh and again you know nine o'clock on a saturday night uh it's the greatest show on the radio. Uh, so I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it and I'm uh, just really honored to be a, a master debater. And Sorry, guys. Both of you suck. Um, good good luck next time. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It was a lot of fun and uh, I can't wait to do it again.
1: So I'll make sure I slip you the 20 next time I see the office right for saying that this is the best show on the radio. Forget everything else that's out there. This right here. We got it going on. That's it. Big thank you to our three contestants this week. James Pledger from ESPN San Antonio. Cisco from Energy 94.1 here in San Antonio. And James Parker from WRNO in New Orleans. And also big thank you to our judge, Stephanie, from New York. Master Debaters is a production of XS Studios and KTSA San Antonio. You can learn more about Master Debaters online at ktsa.com/slash/masterdebaters, I'm Dennis Foley. This has been Master Debaters, this show where the best argument wins.
0: san antonio's home for news and talk on air online and on demand 550 ktsa and fm 1071.